Welcome to Exhortations for Today, a podcast designed to exhort, uplift, and equip today's Christian woman. Are you looking to grow your faith? Or maybe you need a little inspiration. If so, settle in and join me on today's episode. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a world devoid of stress, trials, and struggles? I really do enjoy the moments in my life when stress is low and when everything in my life seems to be going smoothly. Today, let's discuss the trials in our life as purposes and how we should respond to them. Go get you a nice warm drink in a cozy blanket and settle in for today's episode. Early on in my Christian walk, my ideology was, if I'm a Christian, then my life should be all sunshine and roses. Of course, I don't believe that today. If anything would cause me grief, then it was all due to sin. So when adversity came my way, I was often angry and discouraged, left feeling powerless and defeated. Can you relate to that? Usually when we experience hardships, we are often caught mumbling about it, complaining about it, and our entire focus becomes about that trial in your life. I bet if I asked you to recall a time of trial in your life, it wouldn't take long for one to come to mind. I think I can speak for most of you to say that you've had some type of hardship or trial in your life. Since the beginning of the fall of man, we have been experiencing tribulations and trials. Some of the more well-known testing trials you see in the Bible are the accounts of the testing of Abraham and Job, and also the account of the Israelites in the wilderness. While our life experiences may not seem to be as harsh as theirs, it can still feel painful nevertheless. So what are trials? Trials can come in the following forms. They can come in the form of distresses and sufferings, oppression, persecution, tribulations, and difficulties. They can also look like pain, whether physical, mental. Trials can be troubles, struggles, burdens, inconveniences, and heartaches. And let's not forget that trials can also come in the form of calamities, afflictions, irritations, adversities, and pressures. They could be of a short duration or stay around for a long time. Then again, while we are experiencing these trials, they sure feel like it's for an eternity. Oftentimes, it can affect our relationships with others and even impact our relationship with God. I don't know anyone who liked difficulties and troubles in life. I often balk at the very thought of anything that would cause me stress in my life or make me feel uncomfortable. Most of the time we can avoid some of these difficulties, but what about the experiences that we can avoid? What if to be obedient to God, we have to make decisions that would bring on some of these struggles? The biggest decision that we all made was to have faith in Christ. Because we know that by serving Christ, that that alone would bring on trials. But don't fret. We can find purpose in our trials. 
So what is the purpose of a trial? What do trials accomplish? Trials reveal our faith. Or in other words, they reveal the genuineness of our faith. They reveal the realness of our faith. Trials also reveal just how weak we are. Most of the time, we think we're better than what we really are. The scriptures tell us in Jeremiah 17, verses 9 through 10. I'm going to read this. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So we can see it is the Lord who searches our heart and examines us. He knows us way better than we know ourselves. We can also take a look at the parable of the sower. You can find the accounts in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. This is a parable where the farmer plants his seeds in different types of uh, terrain or fields. In one area, the seed fell on a rocky soil. One of the seeds that the sower planted, it fell on stony or rocky earth, which didn't have a lot of soil. And I'll read just a few verses from that parable so that we can get a full understanding. When the seeds fell on the rocky soil, they sprouted up fast because the soil was shallow. But it didn't take long for the plants to wither because of the hot sun. And because they didn't have deep roots, they died. Let's read in Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21, about the meaning of this particular seed and soil. Now, this is Jesus giving the meaning for this, for this parable. Verses 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. We are guaranteed in this life to have times of hardship, times of sorrow, times of grieving, even, even if you're not a believer. So what happens to us if we lose our jobs and... And our, when we're having issues with our spouses and your friends and family is upset with you or talking about you because you're serving Christ. These are issues that we face, but we cannot let them impact our faith. Trials try, test, and prove our faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God allows and uses these trials and experiences to grow our faith and to strengthen our character. 
I love how the scripture in First Peter, where the trying of our faith is is related to the uh, to the refining or the purifying of the gold or silver. Here, Peter encourages the saints abroad who who were experiencing some troubles that their faith was far more precious than gold. It's interesting that he would use the term precious. Fun fact here. Gold and silver are both considered precious metals. Why? Because they are rare and have value and are highly corrosion resistant. So in other words, durable. Especially gold, which is virtually indestructible. Now, it it is perishable. It can be destroyed, but it is virtually indestructible. As a matter of fact, it is so durable that you may have a necklace on that could have been a part of um, some ancient decoration or coinage or jewelry. Now, we couldn't have a real discussion here on trials without the father of trials, right? Let's take a look at Job 23 verse 10. Now here we'll see Job is already has already gone through his his uh testing and trials and his friends are trying to find reasons why he's going through this. I love how in in these two verses I love his response concerning those testings and trials. In verse 10 he says But he knows where I'm going. He's talking about the Lord. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I've stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. Now, Job was a righteous man who we know experienced a lot of suffering. But he understood that God knows him inside and out. And after his trying, he would come forth as gold. Now, what are some of the characteristics of gold? Take a look at your jewelry. It'll give you a clue. It's bright, beautiful, and shiny. It has a lot of luster. But gold is also malleable. That is, you can shape it or stretch it into different shapes without it breaking. Interesting indeed. Oftentimes in scriptures, we can see God referring to our trials and testings are related to the refining of gold and silver. Now, this is important as some of us may not understand the refining process of precious metals. Now, I know just a little about this because when I was in high school, one of my elective classes was metal shop. Now, I know it sounds strange for a lady to choose metal shop, (laughs) but I was taking a drafting class and this was required uh, elective course. One part of that curriculum was we had to do metal casting. That's when you take metal, you heat it up, it becomes a liquid, and then you pour it into a mold. In my case, it was forming little figurines. Now, before you pour your cast, you have to refine that metal. Now, that's the process of getting all the impurities out of the metal, called dross or slag or scum. And how do you get it out? It's heating it up. Of course, today they have different other refinement um, processes. Now, when you're heating up this metal, the scum often rises to the top. 
you then skim it or scoop it off the top and it creates a pure metal. But how befitting that scriptures would use the analogy of refining precious metal to help us understand God's purifying process for us. And I'd just like to read just a few brief scriptures that point out this process. All right, let's start at Isaiah 48.10. I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Now let's look at Jeremiah 9 and 7. Therefore, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. See, I will melt them down in a crucible and test them like metal. What else can I do with my people? So we also have Zechariah 13, 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. And we see here in Psalm 66, verse 10. For thou, O God, hath proved us. In other words, tested us, tried us. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. I could go on. If you wanted to follow up, follow up on more scriptures, we have Proverbs 17 and 3, Malachi 3, 2 and 3. Trials also produce and strengthen godly characteristics in us. How does it do that? It's one thing to say it, but it's another to show it. We may say that we have patience until something comes along to try our patience. Isn't that how we truly know? Let's take a look at Romans 5, 3, 4 to see how trials produce godly characteristics in us. Romans um, 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I don't want to delve too deeply into this particular scripture, because I plan a podcast to be coming up shortly um, on patience and on godly characteristics. Also know that testing and trials play an important part in our Christian development. They work towards our completion, that is, in our perfection and in our maturity. Now, what should be our response to testing and trials? What should be our attitude towards them? James chapter 1, verses 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
Here we can see that James is telling the scattered believers to count it all joy or consider it great joy as they go through different kinds of trials. Remember, this is occurring during the times of the early church where everything was viewed through the lens of religion. So to believe on Christ at that time affected every aspect of life. So just imagine you were kicked out of the synagogues, shunned by your family, possibly even physically assaulted. You could even be jailed or killed for your faith. Let's take a look at Paul's attitude towards this. Paul's letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12.10 states, That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Scripture tells us to respond rejoicingly, to be exceedingly glad, to count it all joy, to find pleasure in, and to be glad. I know it's hard to even think about the idea of being joyful at times of um, testing and trials. I think I can find a lot of things that I find pleasure in and that bring me joy, and I'm sure you can too. Usually we relate the causes of joy to pleasurable experiences. But in James, he's telling us to count it all joy. Our natural responses to trials are to cause us to be angry, bitter, even sad, even causing some to walk away from the faith. But James is encouraging the saints to look at their circumstances differently. He's not saying you should be throwing a party or dancing around for um, your trials, but to take from those moments knowing that even though you're going through your pain, that God is working these hardships out for your benefit. Focus on the benefit. Focus on the outcome. We need to stop complaining about it. Stop focus on the negativity of the experience. And if you're having trouble, just pray about it. Pray for God's wisdom during your times of trial. So now that we know what trials produce, what's the outcome? What's the end result of this testing? Now, if you read a little further down in James, verses 12 tells us, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Verse 12, blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. This is the same crown of life that Jesus promised to the persecuted church in Revelations 2.10. So during the times that your faith is being tested, remember to continue to be faithful and loving to him. God is faithful to bring you through those um, hard times. For the scripture tells us, it is God who is working in us, giving us the desire and the power to, power to do what's pleasing to him. 
So just when you think you can't take anymore, just know he's there. But you have to keep trusting in him. Lean into him during those times. Don't faint. Thanks for listening to Exhortations for today. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. And tell a friend so we can grow our community. Thank you.